Welcome to the Faith Ignite Podcast YouTube channel. We're so happy that you tuned in. My name is Rosa Williamson and I'm one of the creators of the Faith Ignite Podcast. Now before you listen, make sure you click that like button, hit subscribe, and if this is impacting your life in any way, make sure that you share, share, share with all your friends and family. And also lastly, turn on those notifications. We'll be launching an episode every two weeks, so make sure you have your notifications on so you're ready to listen and ready to have your faith be ignited. We just thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for your support. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Faith Ignite Podcast. We are so excited that you guys have decided to join us today. My name is Devon Williamson. My name is Rosa Williamson. I'm so glad you guys tuned in today. Now, before we get started, make sure that you click that like button, hit subscribe, turn on those notification buttons. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a review. If you know this is impacting you in any way, all the previous podcasts, please leave a review and maybe well discuss it here on the podcast i just came up with that but yeah anyways today we have a special guest her name is taylor miller we've known her for a couple years and we're so excited and happy to hear her story yes thank you guys so much for inviting me so excited to talk to you guys you guys have been doing awesome work here so gonna be good yeah we've been laboring in the field yes you have it's been good we've been no good soldiers for the lord yeah that's right (laughs) go ahead no go ahead go ahead ahead. so taylor miller you know for everyone that's listening they don't know who you are so tell us yes who is taylor miller Miller? that is such a loaded question (laughs) um well, I'm definitely a wannabe soccer mom. Uh. That, is, that is in the future. That is in the, the realm of Taylor Miller. Coffee connoisseur. Yes. Love that. An academic. Uh, oh. I'm a reader. Uh, I love the Lord a lot, which is, I hope, why you guys asked me to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that it's would for be the way. coffee. Right. It's for the coffee. Yeah. Right. I brought coffee. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a small town girl from West Virginia. I uh, moved to Tulsa. Uh, six, seven years ago now, I think. Yeah, big time, big time change. Um, When the Lord got a hold of me, I think my whole life transformed. And so went from an angsty, depressed teen to, Mm -hmm. you know, confident. Right? Yeah. I know. Yeah, that's the Lord right there. You wouldn't think that. And so neither neither do I sometimes, but. We're going to talk about that. Okay, we can talk about that. (laughs) We're going to have some conversations. Yeah, we're going to have some conversations. But yeah, that's in a nutshell who I am, just trying to follow after what the Lord has for me. Okay, so let's have that conversation. Yeah. So when when was it that you come to you came to know the Lord? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, so I did not grow up in church at all. My family is not from a Christian heathens? background. He, they're a bunch of heathens. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If you know anything about backwoods West Virginia, you know that we we love our moonshine. We love our, <laughs> our shindigs around the fire pit. Like, we, we have a good time in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, but that leads the door to a lot of addictions, mm-hmm. methamphetamines, uh, cocaine, lots of stuff like that. So the entire state of West Virginia, where I'm from, uh, I feel like addiction is the spiritual stronghold, and so that's okay. entirely what my family grew up in, right? So my, yeah. my dad was an alcoholic, uh, so that's what I remember growing up around. Um, a lot of people in my family were addicted to things, and so did not have the splendid childhood that I feel like a lot of people that were grow- grown up in the church had, right? Mm-hmm. And so my entire family, we grew up in poverty with addiction, drugs, alcohol, all of that stuff kind of running rampant in our lives, and so... 
Um, that's how I became an angsty teen, I guess. I grew mm -hmm. up in this okay. environment where um, fear, anxiety, depression, that was just kind of the, the running theme in my family, uh, wondering if you were safe, right? When mm -hmm. my dad comes home drunk in the morning, like what's gonna happen, oh. right? Yeah. Is he gonna throw another bottle? What's, what's gonna happen like that? Um, really trying to survive. Like do your best, um, but I had an older sister, two years older than me, and I had a younger brother, four years younger than me. And my mom is the sweetest woman on the planet, right? And so <laughs> I, as a kid, saw abuse happening, emotional and verbal abuse happening, and so I had to grow up pretty quick. But that kind of embitters you towards a lot of things, right? Yeah. You don't want to be a 10-year-old having to push your dad uh, down, yeah. down the, uh, the hallway, right? You don't want to mm -hmm. do that. Um, so yeah, that was my whole life growing up. B bullied in middle school, all of this stuff. Really? Yes, 100%. Uh-huh. And so I was super depressed and anxious. I cut myself. I have a history of self-harm um, and a history of like suicidal ideation. Um, and the Lord was totally faithful through it all. Wow. Um, and so my grandma Jean, she was my mom's mom. She was okay. the only Christian in my family. Um, and on the weekends, in order for my mom to get the kids away from the house, away from my dad, yeah. you know, um, we would always go to my grandma's house. And they okay. lived on this expansive farmland, like apple trees, orchids. Like you, you like imagine this fairy tale scene. That was mm. my grandparents' house. And so mm. we would go there. We would like run around, chase rabbits, go berry picking with my grandma. It was the ideal yeah. getaway. Something like a movie. I know. Yeah. yeah. It felt like a movie because it was totally different than my life at home. Yeah. Um, and so my grandma, she was the only Christian in my family. My grandpa wasn't a Christian. My mom was not raised as a Christian, but my grandma was a Christian. Mm. So when we were there, she made sure that we knew that we were loved. She prayed over us. She spoke life over us. And I just thought it was insane, but I felt safe with my grandma. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, so she passed away. When I was, I think, 11, 12, somewhere around there, she passed away of cancer, like, pretty suddenly. And that threw my whole world upside down, right? No more weekend yeah. visits to grandma. Yeah. No more, like, okay, I'm rejuvenated. I can do this. No more of that. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I made sure that my mom was okay after a couple months. And then when school started that fall, um, I made a plan to kill myself. Like, wow. wrote suicide notes, like, set up all the things. Mm -hmm. But in Taylor Miller fashion, I went to school that day because we had a test, and I knew I could not miss that test. <laughs> I was not planning on being there the next day, but we, I had to take that test. Yeah. Um, so I go to school, like I said, bullied in school, had no friends, just, mm -hmm. just me. This was the first day that I was sitting in my reading classroom. I was just doing my homework, and we were like having a free period, I guess. Two girls that I've never talked to in my whole life, they came up to me, sat down with me, talked to me, and invited me to sit with them at lunch. Um, and they became my best friends. And that conversation saved my life that day. Wow. That conversation saved my life. And those girls stayed faithful to be my friends. And they invited me to church, got me going to church. They fooled me into going to church, actually. Wow. <laughs> Brought me to a youth service on a Wednesday night. I didn't know you had a youth on Wednesday yeah. nights. What do you mean? Yeah. So they introduced me to all of their church leaders, um, and I remember the moment that I, I believe that this was the moment that I can pinpoint as like, Holy Spirit was in this moment. He yeah. met me here. 
they were introducing me to all of the pastors, like, these are our lead pastors, worship pastors, kids pastors. When they introduced me to their youth pastors, Randy and Renee, I remember looking at Renee and I felt like she saw every part of me. This woman looked at me and I felt like she pierced my soul, like the depth of me, that she saw all of the things that had ever gone on. And she looked at me and she just said, I'm so glad that you were here. That's it. And I was stuck to her like glue. Um, and she was the woman that introduced me to the Lord, like led me to know Christ, like mentored me, discipled me. And she's she's still in my life today. She's my, my mentor that I always talk to, go to. Um, and it was because of these two girls that introduced me, introduced themselves to me on the day that I was gonna kill myself. Wow. And introducing me to Renee mm -hmm. Ellis that I am alive right now and that I know the Lord. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Man, you really don't know who you work with. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know who you work with. Wow. And I love the fact that we get this space to be able to talk about this because yeah. I'm seeing a different side of you outside of our professional work. Right. I'm seeing a different side. <laughs> I had no clue, but wow. Yeah. And you, like I said, it is the Lord because I don't see it on you. Yeah. 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 It, it is the Lord. Wow. I'm so like, I know. I was getting like, I feel like I was getting, I was getting like, not even, I was maybe getting emotional. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, praise God. It yes. is, it is praise really, Lord. this is going to be a long episode. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be a long episode. And so now that you've had such a rough upbringing, yeah. walk us through like the years of you finishing up high school and entering mm -hmm. into college. For sure, for sure. So yeah, I did have a rough upbringing, but, um, and I just told you up until the point that like I knew the Lord, but I think the, the miraculous part was that within six months to a year after I got saved, mm -hmm. my mom started coming to church with me um, mm -hmm. and my dad stopped drinking. Wow. Like just one day he, he decided to come home. And so we, I remember sitting on the couch watching TV and having my dad walk in the door before 8 p.m. And being totally blown away that this man was in my house before 8 p.m., right? Because he mm. typically went to work and went out to drink with his friends. And one day, he just came home. And that's what I had been praying for. Like, the mm. moment I got saved and Renee knew my story, she was like, you need to start praying. Start praying. Start believing. Have faith for your family. Um, invited my mom to church. Got her coming with me. She started praying for my dad. And he stopped drinking on his own. Came home and apologized to me and my sister and to my mom for, for being basically a total dweeb, like a total <laughs> jerk, uh, apologized. And so we've been on the path like to reconciliation with my dad and my whole family. And that ha that is just an ongoing continuous journey. Um, but the Lord was faithful in that, mm -hmm. right? No more like late night, drunken shenanigans, like none of that mm -hmm. because of the Lord. Like that was only him because mm -hmm. nobody had talked to my dad. Nobody had like pestered him to do that. Like the Lord had to make that happen, yeah. right? Yeah. And so middle school and high school, the rest of that for me was just being discipled, really. That was yeah. the time where, I mean, I played sports, I played volleyball, I played basketball. I was, I'm a nerd, so I was like in all the AP classes trying to learn mm -hmm. all that I can. But yeah. other than that, like my high school, my middle school life was wrapped up in my church. It was wrapped up in youth, wrapped up in, in knowing who the Lord was because I knew that my mom and I, as the only Christians in our family, mm -hmm. like there, there is a weight to that, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. I need to know the truth of this because mm -hmm. I've seen the way that the truth has transformed my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I cannot let that go mm -hmm. because if I let that go, 
I know what is on the other side and it's death. Yeah. yeah. Like death is on the, on the side of rejecting truth. And so I can't, I cannot do that. And so my, my life looked like clinging to truth mm-hmm. and going through the normal teenage emotions, the teenage problems, mm-hmm. friends, yeah. boys, uh, <laughs> like all of the things that you go through yeah. as a teenager, learning to struggle well, I guess mm-hmm. is what I was doing. I was learning how to struggle well, struggle through my faith, the doubts that I had about the Lord and myself, yeah. um, and really just grounding myself in that. That was high school. Wow. So... Answer this. How did you get from West Virginia to... <laughs> Stole my no, question. Okay, you go ahead and ask me. No, that's no, fine. You go ahead and ask Yeah, to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah. How? Right. <laughs> yeah, good question. Okay, that's another total divine appointment, I guess, because all of the church leaders at my small church in West Virginia, I, uh, on a on an Easter Sunday, we had maybe 150. Maybe. Wow. Right? Maybe. It's small. Yeah. It's small. Yeah. Um, all of my pastors had come from Tulsa. Huh. Really? Somehow, some way. My lead pastors, Hal and Lisa Bean, they mm-hmm. went to Victory. They were discipleship leaders at Victory. Wow. Um, and Hal went to seminary at ORU. Mm-hmm. Beck and Jeremiah, my worship pastors, went to ORU. We're alumni at ORU. Okay. Um, Renee went to, I think, TUOU. Um, and Randy, when they got married, followed after her. Like okay. Different things like this, where everybody had a connection somehow to Tulsa. Um, and each other. And so Hal and Lisa, they knew somebody back in West Virginia, small town, West Virginia, and they asked them to come lead their church. And then Mm -hmm. Hal and Lisa started recruiting everybody from Tulsa, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, because what are you going to find in West Virginia? (laughs) Right? Moonshine. Moonshine. And so, yeah, everybody from Tulsa came to my church. And so when I was looking at colleges, Everybody was like, Taylor, oh, are you? That is the place. But I'm also very practical. So I was like, a private Christian university halfway across the country? I don't think so. That that does not sound like the move. Um, And as soon as they brought up ORU to me, whenever I looked at any other college, it did not settle in my spirit. Mm -hmm. And that was very frustrating, (laughs) let me tell you. I was like, Lord, I can literally get a full ride scholarship to any of these universities in state. But it doesn't feel right. right. What do I do? And ORU kept coming up in my spirit. And so when I looked at it, I immediately, like the Holy Spirit was there. I felt the peace to only apply to ORU. Mm-hmm. So I did. I only put in an application to ORU, got accepted, and I went. That's wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Man. That's a hard transition. Very. <laughs> so what was that transition like? Yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was. Um, I thought that I was going to really lose my ties back to my home church in West Virginia Mm because that's all I'd ever known. It's kind of scary to venture out onto your own when you are so surrounded by a community Mm -hmm. that loves you, builds you up, and encourages you, walks with you through life. Mm -hmm. And I was coming out here all by myself. Nobody here. I know nobody. That can be scary. And so I think that was my first obstacle that I had to tackle was, okay, what am I going to do with this, this fear that I have, this mm-hmm. fear of isolation and being alone? Cause like I said, I'd walked through that before and yeah. it's not good. Yeah. Like the Lord did such a good thing when he designed the church to be in community. Mm-hmm. Um, cause isolation is, is it's a disease, right? It, it, yeah. it crushes you. And so I, that was my fear. And so I had to make a decision to trust that the Lord was good enough to not leave me like lead me to you and then leave me on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's too good for that to happen. Yeah. And so 
that was kind of some faith that I had to muster up and be like, okay, you know what? No, Lord, you are good. Ultimately, the truth is that you are good and that you have called your church a community. And so I am part of a church and I'm going to find community here. Mm -hmm. And so I went. My parents moved me in on our massive move-in day and they left as soon as I was unpacked. Really? Yes. It's a 16-hour drive. (laughs) Oh, okay. They had to work. They had to go. And so, yeah, it was drop-off, see you later, goodbye. And so I remember the welcome home service was Dr. Wilson. Family is grab your child. Let's pray. I was like, (laughs) this is good. Hold on, hold on. Let me get them on the (laughs) phone. I was by myself, but immediately people i think this is just an or thing maybe or just it should be the church right right where everybody's just excited to know you yeah they want to know who you are and you want to know who they are and so it's pretty easy to make connections that way and so um yeah the transition was smoother than i expected because people are just surrounding yeah. the community so wow yeah. wow so i have a question kind of off this topic but back to what we previously started talking about so now that you have now that you're in your current position mm-hmm. and you have such an amazing story, how is it that you are helping other young women mm-hmm. um, yeah. go don't not go through the same thing you went through? Yeah, well, I think for me, with my story, with everything that I've experienced with the Lord, um, what I have come to know is that all of the issues of my life, all of all of my doubts, my fears, my anxieties, all of these things, I think every problem in life that I'm facing. Mm-hmm. stems from a place of unbelief in something whether mm-hmm. it's an unbelief in who the lord is or an unbelief in who he says i am yeah. mm-hmm. that's the problem and so let's say like fear fear of me coming to over you right okay. mm-hmm. fear that that's not going to work out what is that rooted in an unbelief that the lord's not good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's rooted in an unbelief that the lord is not going to take care of me and that he's yeah. going to abandon me and leave me alone mm-hmm. that's what that's rooted in yeah and it's just unbelief is what it is and so with the young women that like live in Claudius around campus, all of that stuff, the young women that I know and that I get to connect with, have community with, I, that is the one thing I encourage them to do is know who the Lord is. Above all else, know who he yeah. is. Because if you cannot know who the Lord is, yeah. everything yeah. else is, is broken. Yeah. And so you have to know that the Lord is good. The Lord is sovereign. The Lord is holy. The Lord leads you. The Lord is righteous. Like all of the things yeah. that he's a man of his word, that mm-hmm. he, he tells the truth. And so you can look at his word and say, that this is concrete. This is never changing. Mm-hmm. This impacts everything. So if you can believe that and experience that and encounter the God of that, your entire life has changed. And so then everything seems it seems a lot more able to be handled, if that okay. makes sense. Like yeah. you can you can handle the things that come at you because you know the God behind behind the promises. Yeah. And so I think that's really what I what I try to do is just to encourage them just in truth, because that's all I can give. Mm-hmm. You can give all the wisdom and advice and practical steps in the world, but if people don't know who the Lord is and if they don't know mm-hmm. who this God is that I serve that can yeah. change your life, then then what I say doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Okay. So I was going to switch gears and add another question. So growing up the way you did grow up and seeing how your family dynamic was situated, mm-hmm. what, not seeing that your dad was your dad, <laughs> yeah. um, 
how has that affected you in regards to even looking at other mm-hmm. like men like yeah, what do I look definitely. for in a husband what do I look yeah. for in a friend that's a male yeah like, how did that affect your, your your perspective for sure that's a great question um daddy issues right oh, yeah everybody yeah has everybody has some daddy issues well more than anything I think my relationship with my dad has affected the way that I view God and mm-hmm. that that was something that I I have been will continue to address because I mean, those things run deep. I think fathers are super important just Mm -hmm. in the church. I think the world needs more father figures in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Strong, strong men that are, that are willing and able to live an integrous life and live by truth and honor. Um, And I don't think my dad has been equipped to do that. Mm -hmm. And so with my dad, um, he for a long time affected the way that I viewed men because I viewed all men as, as, liars and abusers Mm -hmm. um and so whenever men fell into that pattern it was more so of a ha got you like Mm -hmm. i'm correct in assuming who you are based on the actions of other men Mm -hmm. um and that's not fair Mm-hmm. it's really not and it it's not chance. it's not true yeah. and so I've tried to change the narrative in my own heart where instead of being an accuser of men I become a champion of men and encourage men to be men because mm-hmm. I think like when men are men women want to be women right yeah. and when women are women men want to be men true. like it just naturally works that way and so with the men in my life the men that the Lord like surrounds me with in my life that's what I try to do. I try, I'm very aware of my daddy issue scope, very aware of it. Um, and so I, I'm doing my best to really look at men and just champion them and like know the truth about what what the, what God says about them and what Mm -hmm. God says about me and not, not take the action of men personally. Yeah. And I, I've had to do that with my dad a lot is just extend grace to him Mm -hmm. Um, and currently like my dad and I, out of everybody in my family, my dad and I are the only one that has any type of relationship, really any type of good relationship. It's only between my dad and I. Mm. And I think the reason is because I can extend grace. Yeah. Whereas everybody else in my family is, they're rooted in unforgiveness and bitterness Mm -hmm. because of what he's done. But the Lord has changed my perspective so that I can see him not for what he's done, but for who he is. Yeah. Right. Like as a son. To be able to be my dad as a son, I think that has changed a lot and has allowed me to give grace where otherwise I wouldn't. I would yeah. be in this place of just mistrust and like anxiety towards men. And that's yeah. just not, that's not the life that the Lord has called me to do. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, you have like, <laughs> no, that, that really is. And I think a lot of people don't think like that. Yeah. And I've actually put myself in those shoes, like viewing my father. He wasn't in my life, yeah. and I had to come to the realization that he was not equipped. Right. And it's it's not his fault, mm-hmm. yeah. like the situation that he was put in and all of that, that he couldn't be a father to yeah. me, but I needed to give him grace. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was able to truly forgive him. Right. Oh, that's just so good. Yeah. Like, I feel like that really resonates with whoever is listening to right now if you've been trying to forgive your father if you've been trying to forgive someone maybe who cheated on you like a man who's your boyfriend even if you're married like just think about I don't know what they're going through their past um what situation made them do that Mm -hmm. 
but we need to extend grace and that's where true forgiveness will come amen yeah Yeah, i think it's really hard to view our abusers in the light of truth yeah that's really hard right like my dad was verbally abusive very like relationally absent emotionally abusive and then when i was in high school i was also sexually assaulted um so to to be able to view men in the right way that requires the grace of the lord that requires him to to speak truth and that requires my heart to be molded and shaped by what he says and really the reason that i wouldn't forgive i think unforgiveness can sometimes stem out of a place of pride yeah i really do like if Mm -hmm. i didn't forgive my dad that would be prideful of me because then I am totally elevating his mistakes and his sin and totally downplaying yeah. my own mm-hmm. and looking at myself as just like, I'm I'm righteous and better than you. I would never do what you do. But what's the truth of that? Yeah. Like, like I have. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have. And so, yeah, that it's really hard to forgive abusers mm-hmm. and to look at them rightly. But I think, like I said earlier, to learn to struggle with that well and to wrestle with the Lord on that because he's faithful to wrestle. Like, I don't think forgiveness is just something that it's like, it's there. Like that is something you, that the Lord has to pull you through. I feel like it is, it is a swamp that the Lord is like (laughs) dragging you through, but to get your feet on solid ground. Mm. Yeah. So. Interesting. So kind of switching gears here for a bit. If you can recall, what's, what do you, what's the moment in your life that you would count as? a faith moment or a faith step or faith journey that you had to go through? Yeah. Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's kind of hard to answer that. I feel like my whole life has been wrapped up in that. Um, How so? Well, I wouldn't be here without it. Well, yeah. Like, uh, my family wouldn't be where we are without it. Like, I wouldn't be working, living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I wouldn't, like, have a degree. I wouldn't be alive for heaven's sakes like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be living the life that I live without that and so to pinpoint a moment I think I'll say that one of the hardest moments of my life was when when I was in high school and I was I was friends with this one girl like trying to disciple her she was younger trying to disciple her um praying for her every day like okay lord like restore her she struggled with depression anxiety the classic west virginia spirits (laughs) you know she was really struggling and so i was doing my best to be faithful to that and be like okay lord like you you got her pray with her like teach her scripture all that stuff and then i was serving a, a banquet dinner one night and my youth group got a phone call that she had killed herself Um, And so that was a moment where I thought that the Lord had failed me. And Mm. I I went through the pits in that one. And I struggled to believe that the Lord was good and that his his word was true. um, And that he had good things and that he could use people and that he wanted life Mm. for all people. Mm. Um, I struggled to see that in this moment. Um, and so that was a faith journey where I had to one day just wake up to the reality of like, okay, this happened, but man, the Lord is good yeah. and the Lord redeems things and mm-hmm. the Lord, the Lord's heart breaks for this because mm-hmm. he's a kind and compassionate God and he cares for me and he cares about the things that break my heart. And so I think my faith moment there was to choose to go back to what I had known. Mm-hmm. And what I had known is that I have encountered a living God mm-hmm. and I've encountered a God who heals and restores and gives life and loves 
and is kind and compassionate, mm -hmm. but is also a God of like fierce, jealous love. Like mm -hmm. he is, he is a force to be reckoned with. And that mm -hmm. is the God that I serve. And he is not a weak God that turned a blind eye to the things going on in my friend's life. And he is not a God that has forsaken me. He is not a God that has just taken his hand off of the situation. He was fully present in every moment. Yeah. And I think just to believe that, that was a faith moment. Mm -hmm. And that was a faith moment that changed my life because I remember the switch. Just in my spirit, I remember the switch where I was I was totally choosing to walk in death and I was choosing to believe the lies that the enemy was telling me. I remember the moment that I was, I was sitting on my bed and I was like, Lord, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I need you to show up. And he immediately brought back to my memory the things that he had done, the places that he had met me. And he reminded me of all of the places. Man, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> reminded me of all the places that he has been faithful. Yeah. And it totally switched my spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a faith, faith moment for me. Dang it, I didn't bring the wipes. <laughs> it's okay, we have sleeves. Arms. <laughs> I know. That's true. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You okay? Yeah. Okay. Wow, man. I mean, and I, I think about it like this. Faith is, like, even in our day-to-day -day operation, like, you don't know who you're going to meet. Mm -hmm. But outside of working in our capacity, I coach a group of girls. Mm -hmm. Beautiful girls, like, amazing girls, like, best attitude. Well, not best attitude. They're teenagers. <laughs> but great attitude. Like, it's, it's hit or miss sometimes, right. but for the most part, it's great attitude. Um, but I look at it like this, and the Lord brought this back to my memory. Like, I was coaching, um, when was it? Actually, on Tuesday, and we had an odd number. No, the drill that the session I had put together incorporated um, even numbers, so the pairs of twos. Right. And I think I had about, like, nine, and then one came, like, later. But because I was trying to do what I wanted to do, like coach, I wanted to be like, okay, move around to each station, okay, coach, mm -hmm. correct things. But there was one, there was a player that was there and the Lord reminded me and I told him I'll never do this again. And I repented of it. But there was like this, there were there were training and then there was this one player. And so I told the, the, the young lady, I said, like, okay, just give me one second. Let mm -hmm. me go ahead and like facilitate this here. And so by the time I realized five minutes have went by, 10 minutes have went mm -hmm. by, and I still hadn't yet to get this girl plugged in to get into the drills. And the Lord brought us back to my memory. Actually today when I was um, um, just spending some time with him, it was like, every person matters, mm -hmm. regardless of what's going on. Every person matters. Definitely. And I was like, you right, Lord. I, I, I repented. And I said, that one, like, I don't care if I have to be a partner, we gonna get this done because mm -hmm. I don't want her to like, I don't know if I'd ever see that girl again. I mean, I probably will on Thursday, but let's say for let's say for instance, like she decides to move away and go to some other country or some other state, like or another team or another team. Yeah, yeah very well. So, um, her last impression of me might have been like, okay, I didn't feel cared for, I didn't feel loved, and that might that might be such a strong staple because she might have mm -hmm. daddy issues at home. Like, sure. I don't know, but I might be such a strong staple in her life that that carries on to when she becomes a teenager mm -hmm. and an adult go to college and like she get, tries to look for a, a relationship and she feels this this rejection that she felt from yeah. her coach like 10 years before and so it just gets me thinking like 
we have such an important role to play in the lives of people. We don't know who we're going to meet, but we have to make sure that when we do meet them, we're representing God well. Especially if we say we're Christians, people give people a bad rap. Now, not yes. all Christians, not, not not all Christians are saints, but not all Christians are, are, are bums either. Like there are <laughs> Christians that are actually loving people, caring people that are compassionate, but there are those that just yeah. don't really care. So but I just think it's so interesting that we have to be very careful of our days, number them well, and be very intentional and mindful mm-hmm. how we interact with people because that's going to leave an impression. It definitely yeah. does. That's going to leave an impression. You got something? Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You yeah, go ahead. so <laughs> Taylor Miller, it's been amazing yes. just having you listening to your story. I feel like a lot of people are going to be blessed just listening yep. to it. So something that we usually like to do at the end of our podcast, I bet you've heard. Yes. <laughs> but what is one piece of advice that you would oh, yeah. leave our listeners with? Yeah, man, this is the one thing I've been thinking about before. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I really, like, this is, I think, my life's goal. Because I do, I've, I told you guys this, I believe that everything flows out of this. But I would encourage you guys, everybody that's listening, um, to just know the Lord. Like, dig in, get to know the Word. Um and encounter the living God between the scripture that you read. Because um, that has made all the difference in my life, is, yeah. to, is to really be solidified in the truth of the Lord. Because um, when, I, when I believe the Lord and who he is and what he says, then I believe who I am. Yeah. Which is why, like when I tell everybody, I was such an angsty teen, like depressed, <laughs> like insecure, all of these things are like, what? Right. But I can be confident in who I am because I believe who God, who yeah. God is, like my creator, my father, like, yep. like he says who I am. Exactly. And I take that as truth and I can live accordingly mm-hmm. and I can live my life with faith because I know the God who authored faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I encourage all of the listeners out there to, um, encounter the Lord, ask him to encounter you wherever you are um, in this moment because he's faithful to do it. He is the God of faith, so he is faithful to show up for you. Um, and so get to know him, know who he is, know what he says about you, and I think life will be okay. Wow. While you're, say, while you're thinking, would you mind just, because I feel there's going to be some probably teenager that's yeah. listening to this <laughs> that at probably at their end at their end and they have no backup plan they probably already wrote that note yeah they're probably gonna take go to school take their test just like you did Um, (laughs) but they probably are at their end and so i i I would want you to to pray for that young lady or that young man so that they know that all hope is lost because there's no there's 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 no distance in prayer yeah like this may be recorded now but it might be a year from now that they hear this but um yeah, go ahead and pray yeah. for them because they, like, prayer makes a difference. It does. Definitely. For sure. Let's pray. Oh, man, Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are because who you are makes all the difference in who we are. Um, you determine who we are. And God, I thank you that you are faithful to show up yeah. um, in every situation that we have. God, that you love us, that you see us, and that you are good to encounter us wherever we are. Yes. Um, and Father, 
I pray for every listener under the sound of my voice right now, God, that you would just be with them in this moment, that your spirit would fall on them, that your presence would be so thick in the room that they're in, God, and that you would start speaking truth over them, that they would know the truth that you are a father that loves them, that sees them, that formed them in their mother's womb, that you have knit them together in perfection, and that you have died for them, God, so that they could live an abundant life. And I just pray, God, that every person listening to this um, today, tomorrow, uh, 10 years from now, God, that they would know who you are and that you would just be like a fire in their bones, God, that, that you would be like a fire shut up in their bones that they cannot contain anymore um, and that you would do the miraculous in their lives, that you would keep them uh, sanctified, uh, safe, secure, and holy, God, um, and that you would just bring them the joy of the Lord because that is our strength um, and it's the portion that you have for us. And so, uh, we just lean into all that you are and all that you say that you are and all and we believe we choose to believe who you are because we've encountered you mm-hmm. and we go back to the days that you have always been faithful to us and we re- we remember that God and we we choose to walk in that again and we will love you it's in your name that we pray amen amen you okay yeah <laughs> tell Miller ladies and gentlemen <laughs> It has been a pleasure having oh, you yeah, on thank you for having as a guest. Me. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this this, yeah. this conversation. My wife was, obviously, she's... <laughs> I enjoyed it, too. She enjoyed it, too. Yes. Um, you can see that... Happy tears. Her, yeah. Happy tears. Yeah, yeah always. And so, on behalf of my wife and I, we just want to say thank you so much. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. We all of this thank you. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know where this will end up. I don't know who will hear this, but I believe this has been divinely appointed and orchestrated mm-hmm, where yes. your story can be able to get out into the world to be mm-hmm. able to find that person that needs to find. Amen. And so we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you guys for having me. It's been such an honor. Amen. Well, if Taylor Miller's story has helped you in any way, shape, or form, make sure you share it. Share it with someone. Um, and if you're not a part of the Faith Ignite movement, go ahead and like, share, subscribe, turn that notification bell on so you are aware of the time we drop new episodes, which happens every two weeks. And so you can be plugged in. You can stay with us as we continue to share these stories of faith around the world. So until next time, my name is Devon Williamson. My name is Rosa Williamson. And I'm Taylor Miller. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>